from the 50 midweek edition on the Bruise on the Balcony podcast network. Hello, everybody, and welcome in on back to the midweek show, the From the 50 midweek show presented by Book It Sports. I am your host, Zach Zook. We got TJ Weber and Nick Tolley in studio, and we got Nick Yale out in Reno. How's it going, boys? Doing good. Delightful. How are you, man? How are you doing uh, today on this on this beautiful Monday? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I had a productive weekend, albeit, you know, with all the rain and crap. You know, I was out and about both days getting some stuff done. And, you know, I was in in a movie on Saturday night. We were watching uh, The Little Things. You the were new in Denzel. a movie. I didn't know yeah. You were in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I get out of that and the entire uh, world, you know, just it didn't go over my head. I'm just choosing to ignore you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I get that. out and the, and the entire NFL world like like just On erupted. Yeah. I mean, like and then we I think the Arenado traded that go down the same night or the night before uh, Thursday night. night. Before. Thursday so that night. Went down, that went down a couple nights before, but uh, God, man, TJ, I, I don't know. I kind of want to just give up the four to you to talk. I know you already made the the video on Instagram of the Stafford trade, but uh, if if you're un, living under a rock, Matthew Stafford was dealt to Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff and a couple of first round picks, I believe a third round pick as well. And Stafford's tenure with the Lions has officially come to an end. And you are now the proud owner of one Jared Goff, TJ. Yeah, yeah, lucky us. We won the uh, Jared Goff sweepstakes. I think that was the the story that wasn't being told out there. You know, the question was not where <laughs> Matthew Stafford's going to go. It's where Jared Goff's going to go because he was obviously uh, in the trade market. So we're, we're glad to get Jared Goff on the Lions. No, I, I'm pissed off. I mean, it was a fucking awesome trade for the Lions. Holy shit. You get two first-round picks yeah, and they, a third-round pick. At least Los Angeles. 100%. And now you get a guy in Jared Goff who he's not great, uh, but now he's got some anger behind him. He's going to Detroit from Los Angeles. He doesn't want to fucking be there. So the best thing he can do is try to beat everybody's ass and, and be an angry quarterback. But now we have a guy to, to be a bridge gap to, to the next franchise guy. What's going to happen is they're going to go out and draft Fields or someone like that, which is perfect. They got two first-round picks uh, coming from the Rams in 2022 and 2023. Goff's going to be the guy to start for uh, the start of the year, and then you don't have to force a rookie in there right away. So the Lions don't have to suck right away, and they got two first-round picks and a third-rounder. So love the trade, but the fact that Matthew Stafford, of all the fucking teams in the NFL, had to go to the Los Angeles Rams, the one team that I don't, I can't let win a Super Bowl from what they did to St. Louis – Fuck Stan Kroenke. Now Stafford becomes, I can't wait to see him win one elsewhere, to I can't fucking believe he's got a chance to win one with the Rams. Like, now it's it's a completely different mindset. So uh, I, I hate it. I hate the fact that I can't root for the guy anymore. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was a crazy trade, and we'll kind of get into, like, the value of it. But I just remember like like when i saw the text like in the group in the group chat being like there's no way this is real yeah. and then checking and seeing that it, it was done and i think that they were able to make the finances work because it was a quarterback for quarterback trade yeah. like you had golf on the extension and you have stafford obviously a veteran veteran uh making you know a, a lot of money so i think that made it work with the cap going down still which i think is going to hinder a lot of the quarterback moves but it was it was just crazy, and and I think TJ, you're <laughs> like most Lions fans probably don't give a shit about you know the Rams because they're not in the division or anything. But you, being a St. Louis Lions fan, are probably the most distraught out of anybody. And I know that you're. It's probably a rare thing. I can't imagine there's that many St. Louis Lions fans out there. Well, and, and it's not only that; it's more of I'm a, I'm a Stafford guy. You know, he was so good for, to the Lions for so long, and I'm not angry at him it wasn't his decision and maybe he had part of it to to say hey I want to go to the Los Angeles Rams I really wish he would have put my feelings ahead of his I mean I think it's pretty selfish for him to think <laughs> on his own side of things rather than me I've been a loyal fan of his for quite some time but but well, I'll put that aside I'll put that feeling aside for a second because you know it it doesn't affect anybody else except me I'm the only person on this earth that fucking cares that Stafford's going to the Lions and I'm upset about it. Nobody cares, including real Detroit Lions fans from the city of Detroit, 
But I'm sitting here pissed off because I want to see the guy win. I'm a, I'm a fan of his, what he's done for the shitty franchise for so long. He's been the one bright spot on the Lions for how long. And he finally has to leave. It's an understood thing. You part ways, and he goes to the one team that I can't root for. The one fucking team and the one owner that I cannot root for. It sucks. I, I literally have to root against him every snap of, of every second, unless I have money on him, or I apologize, my buddy Dom, because I help him with bets a lot. Um, <laughs> if he has money on them, I have to worry about that. But besides that, I have to literally root for an interception every time Stafford snaps the ball. It's fucking you know, brutal. If you are a betting man. Uh, the the went from the Stafford trade, mind you. Rams are going all in here, dealing two first round picks rounder along with Jared Goff to the Lions. They go from eighteen to one to a five to one. Now nearly the betting favorite, tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks for the twenty twenty two Super Bowl, just behind. Zach Zook's Green Bay Packers at four twenty five <laughs> at plus four twenty five four to one betting favorite current as the twenty twenty two Super Bowl champion. So the Rams are going all in here, and it's, it's I can't believe those odds. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Comical because right now they are um, don't have it don't have a first round pick until two thousand twenty four, and certainly they haven't done a lot of great things with their previous first round pick. So they haven't maybe seen sixteen. Sixteen huh? was their last first round pick was two thousand sixteen, yeah. and guess who they picked? Jared Goff. Todd Gurley. Oh, it was Jared Goff? Todd Gurley before that. But you you see where a lot of these guys their their pick history for the first round has gone not great. So they're willing to deal, but they got freaking fleeced. I Matt Stafford's not worth that much. I said maybe you a first your and whore a third. Mouth. First <laughs> and a third, but uh, he's not he's not worth two first rounders by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't, don't know care. About that. I, I, yeah, they they definitely got it. What, what does Sean Watson go for now? Six first round. Well, that, that's he's he's just. I mean, Houston's got to be he's salivating right now. Proof. So here's he's here's the only thing Houston. though. Here's the difference though is that Stafford was being you know searched for by so many different teams that I think the Rams had to go yeah, out of their way him. to get him right because they got Indy that was lurking at San Francisco who Tali told me is yeah, may now Watson. be interested in Kirk Cousins. Um, but you got a lot of teams that were just kind of sitting there, and the Rams said, we got to make a splash and get Detroit's attention if we're going to grab them. So. The Rams were she also, did. they had to give up extra in order to get the Lions to take on that golf contract. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money to keep Absolutely. when you're trying to rebuild. TJ, yeah. you'll, you'll now be uh, happy to know that uh, the Lions are dead last with the worst odds to win the Super Bowl next year. At- Good. <laughs> Twelve thousand five hundred to one, tied with the Jets. Good, we're sleepers. The That's what I like to say. We're that, sleepers. Dude. We're better than the That's fucking tough. Jets. I don't care who they draft. There ain't no way the Jets finish as good as the Lions. No you got, way. You got rid of an elite quarterback, but you still have an average quarterback. Yeah, Jared Goff's not terrible. The man's been in the playoffs. He's he had a great defense. I'll give him that. But I mean, the guy's not a terrible quarterback. Like he's been in the thought, Super Bowl. He's been I in the was, Super uh, Bowl. I was I was incorrect. I was looking at the NFC Championship earlier. Super Bowl champion. Packers are right behind the Chiefs. Chiefs are still five to one favorites, but the uh, Rams are ten to one, tied with the Bucks and the Bills, up from eighteen to one. I just, I don't know. I think Goff's going to be the guy to, to to be that nice, you know, Phil Rivers esque that he was uh, in in Indy. Now Phil Rivers is, you know, Indy's a good team, but I'm, I mean, just a bridge gap guy. You give Goff the ball if he ends up being an absolute stud. You, I mean, you've absolutely fleeced that trade, but I think they expect him just to kind of be the bridge gap guy to whoever they take in the first round this year. That's my opinion. How would you like to be Jared Goff, the bridge quarterback in your mid-20s after being the number one overall pick Who, in the end? You're going from LA to Detroit. Do well for him, he'll explode, and then the Detroit really would have fucking fleeced the trade. You never know I mean, with those guys. Is it does it shock you though? Sean McVay always like struck me as a guy that just absolutely hated Jared Goff, and now this absolutely proves it. He just, I mean, out of nowhere, just puts him under the bus. He goes, "All right, we're gonna go get a real gunslinger. See you later, Jared." Well, I don't know. Was it was it one of you guys that said talked about Sean McVay being uh, the head coach of a of a new team? I don't know if it was Duck or if it was somebody else on my Twitter timeline. It says if the Rams don't win this thing in the next one to two years, uh, is Sean McVay gonna leave Los Angeles and go to? Either like a Kansas City, go to Dallas, get paid out large, or go to a new team uh, if the Rams can't figure this shit out. 
Well, he might have to if they don't win in the next four years because they he, they fucked up their their future. So they're going for it. If they don't win by twenty twenty four, he may have to get another job. That, that would be a snake move to make the franchise trade every one of its first round picks. They'd be like, "Yep, see you guys." <laughs> oh, like the Bill O'Brien treatment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, but McVay <laughs> wow, got good, good players. Dick back. move that would be. You're Sean McVay, and you don't get and you don't get what you're what you're looking for out of the out of the squad. Say, see you later. Well, I'm out. By the way, do you, uh, you guys watch any of the Madden Pro Bowl thing? No. I, I, was I real, didn't. I was I, working I from home today, and in, in the corner of my eye, I had it on, and uh, Deshaun Watson was against Kyler, and, and Kyler kept using uh, D-Hop the whole time. And uh, Marshawn Lynch just goes, hey, there's your boy again, Deshaun. There's your boy. There's your boy. <laughs> Basically, just poking fun at Bill O'Brien being an idiot and trading him. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's a tough scene if you're Deshaun Watson. Can't even get away from it at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> the, the virtual Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. the virtual <laughs> Pro Bowl. Didn't even have to show up, and he's still catching ricochet shots about the DeAndre Hopkins trade. <laughs> he just like shrugged it off. His, he didn't say anything. He has his bio on Twitter for football inquiries. Contact his agent. So you know, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. for media inquiries. Contact his spokesperson. For football inquiries, contact his agent. Doesn't even have Houston Texans in his bio anymore. If you want to trade for him, just DM my agent real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You start seeing, how, how funny would that be? You have all like the it's like the professional teams sliding into the DMs like two first rounders and two second rounders question mark. <laughs> <laughs> you can make yeah. a, you can make a spoof of that. Imagine that screenshot. Yeah, you could do screenshots of that and just Yeah, that's something we could do. That's a good that's a good piece of content. Write that down, Nick. Yeah, it's, there just you a, go. it's just a group chat with Deshaun Watson and his agents, all the different teams coming in with their offers. Like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> then he gets like a DM from like all the unopened DMs or from like the coaches and like the GMs of the other. It's like some players in there and shit. Be Bill O'Brien in the chat. God. <laughs> Gold. Uh, yeah. All right. So I my take on the Stafford trade is generally positive, but. I'm curious, like, and it sounds like, TJ, you guys don't think he's, like, the quarterback of your future, which I, I was God, interested no. to see what the Lions, like, take, like, what what, what are you thinking now with Jared? Because he's only 26 years old. You're not going to go off so, to your golfers, you know? So, hell no. Hell no. So, I, so, like, what I thought was interesting about it was you give up Stafford, who's 32. You're kind of kicking off this this rebuild, right? So you're going to get rid of anybody that's, a like, a higher up any veterans you're going to cut them you're going to try to rebuild through the draft so you get the two first round picks but since you traded for the quarterback like like i think nick mentioned he's average it's not like that you're talking about mitch trubisky you're here you're, you're gonna win you're gonna win some some games with him assuming they don't tank the roster now i golf has been terrible the last two years he's been yeah. absolutely awful and i don't understand That's my quarterback you're talking about I don't understand how they decided to bring him to Detroit where he's going to have to play outside in Lambeau and Chicago in the division. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. However, the new GM of the Lions, I believe, came from the front office of the Rams, no? I I don't know for sure. I think I've heard so, something like that. I know I know that the new Lions GM is very familiar with Jared Goff and likes him. So I just don't see the Goff thing working, and I think the trade hinges on Jared Goff. Because, yes, you got two first-round picks. Those first-round picks are likely going to be in the 20s. Where they are, if they're, whether they're going to be 22 or 29 or 30 or 31, depending on how how well the Rams do, they're not going to be, like, top 10 picks, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but the Lions should have top 10 picks so they could use that pick in the 20s to trade up to get a quarterback. But the thing is, like, you already have – now you have this expensive quarterback under contract. And you have Jared Goff, which I don't know how long they're going to be financially tied to him for. I think they're going to have a tough time getting out from. I think he's a multi-year starter in Detroit as it stands right now. And they got some other offers. And, and TG, just let me it, tell me if you would have taken any of these offers over the one they took for Goff. The Panthers officially offered the number eight pick in the draft and a late round choice. The Washington football team offered number 19 and a third rounder. I would say no to that. Colts mm -hmm. never offered number 21, but discussed other packages. 49ers, incidentally, this is kind of interesting. They never made an offer. And the Jets kind of checked in, but nothing really came of it. So, like, for me, I almost would have rather taken the Panthers offer, yeah. which, yes, is one less first-round pick, and you don't have Goff. 
but to me it's like you now you have number eight like you know what that pick is it's not to future first of a, of a team that's likely to make the playoffs as nick mentioned 10 to 1 odds to win the super bowl now with matt stafford uh so i i just I think the the trade is going to hinge on how Goff plays for Detroit, and I kind of don't see it going that well. So that's why I'm curious as to as as to your kind of thoughts on it. If those picks aren't very high, like are they gonna are is their plan to draft a quarterback of the future eventually with with one of those picks to use it to trade up? Like I, I guess I don't really see the vision yet. Yeah, so I didn't know about the other offers. If you know the Carolina offer would would have been to me more, I guess more of a sexy offer because there's a top 10 pick involved. But if you're talking about my point before you mentioned those other offers from those teams that are in the top 10, top 15 picks, if they would have traded with Indy, if they would have traded with anybody else and they get a similar package, you're, you got the same problem anyway. You're getting late 20s because the reason they're getting Stafford is because most of these teams that they were interested in him because they were quarterback right, away. because they want to win now. Correct. Right. So... If you think about it, when when this whole thing started, when when the Lions and Stafford said they agreed to separate and go their separate ways, everybody knew the Lions that the Lions were going to trade them, so they didn't have a lot of leverage. But then they got the leverage back when they had all these teams wanting him. So you know, at first they were talking about maybe one first round pick, maybe a first and a third. The Rams offered two first round picks, a third rounder. And then, again, Jared Goff was just like a throw-in. But think yeah, about throw the throw-in. You're talking about a guy that's played, that's been in the playoffs the last few years. He's been to a Super Bowl. He sucked in the Super Bowl, but he's been there. He, he's, you know, he's not a terrible quarterback. I would say he's a little bit above average. And you're talking about a situation where the Lions were going to trade Stafford and have nothing at quarterback. Zero. So you had to then force your hand to either sign somebody in free agency that there's not a huge quarterback market in free agency. You're not going to go after Derek Carr. They're not going to spend big money on anybody because they are in a rebuilding phase. So you could either draft a rookie, throw him in there with a shitty offensive line, not a great defense, and say, good luck, kid, and probably have a, a situation with Sam Darnold and the Jets when he got drafted. So now you have a guy at least to, to stand in there, a veteran guy, who isn't great but isn't terrible to kind of, again, we either say bridge the gap or maybe it is his future. If he somehow becomes like the next coming of God in Detroit, which I don't see it happening. You might, but you might as well take the flyer. You take the risk. You still get the picks you wanted. And regardless if you would have traded him to Indy or San Francisco, those teams are going to be way better with Stafford so you don't get that that high right. of a pick anyway. So I'm fine with the picks. And then you throw golf in. It's a nice little like... Hey, at least we got someone to put under center for the next couple of years. I think it's one yeah. of those things, too. If you look at, like, Duke, you mentioned Carolina, the pick at eight. If you're evaluating the talent in this year's draft and maybe, you know, next year's draft and beyond, how much better is that guy at eight going to be than maybe three or four guys that you can get with two first rounders? I mean, if you're Detroit, you, you, you have the skill positions, I mean, kind of covered. Marvin, Marvin Jones is 30. Kenny Galladay's 27. DeAndre Swift, 22. T.J. Hawks is 23. Galladay's probably gone. Young. Yeah, yeah Galladay. Yeah. Oh, Galladay's is, gone. Is Jones a free agent as well, T.J.? I don't know about Marvin Jones. I know Galladay. They, there was a rumor about him going to the Rams to be are, their third guy. They are Still, both you have, free agents. You have some of those young pieces, Hawkins and Swift, and if you can build yeah, off – Yeah, no, you're right. The point still stands. They got some young you can young build guys. that line, though, with a couple of those first-rounders, I mean, all of a sudden, yeah, you get some other guys in free agency to fill the spots of – of your wide receivers and you can still make something of that as opposed to just getting the guy at eight who, yeah, might be a really solid, like you drafted Jeff, Jeff Okuda last year. He might be that really solid, impactful player. But I think you probably are getting more in the spot that Detroit's in um, to get the extra picks that you are from Los Angeles, even though they're at 22 instead of the one at eight. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean to be like hypercritical of it because I think clearly what the Lions' stance on it is, well, if we're not going to take a quarterback this year, which they probably did their due diligence and decided they didn't like anybody enough to go up and pay the price to go up and get them, which they're surely going to have to do, they hold the seventh pick in the draft right now. My only point was that the, the eighth overall pick in the draft, like the, the Panthers pick is a known commodity. Like TJ was mentioning with the, with the 49ers, the Colts, the Rams, like they ended up dealing him to – you're not you're getting future first rounders like you don't know what that pick is and it's likely going to be low to his point with the Panthers offer you got less you didn't get golf but you would have owned seven and eight in the draft 
and you could have jumped up for a QB. Now, I'm I, I'm just of the belief, like, you didn't find a guy in, of the top four quarterbacks like Fields, Lance, or obviously you're probably not going to get Lawrence uh, or, or Zach Wilson. Like, you didn't like one of those three guys enough over Jared Goff. So, like, clearly I think that the – the GM likes Jared Goff and thinks that he can potentially work there long term. And if not, I think they are taking the stance of, well, we're going to build all the pieces of the roster around them. We're going to use all these first round picks. We got two. We got double ones in 22 and 23. We got a top 10 pick here in 21. That should be five really high quality players that you can add to the team within the next you know three years. But the thing, I, I guess there's the the Panthers offer when I saw that come through was uh, would have been appealing to me because you don't take on a, a, a quarterback salary. You're just dumping Stafford's like you don't take on golf. So you could assign just a shitload of guys and then drafted the QB. So it's just an interesting uh, thought experiment. But I, I, I do, you know, I, I we wrote I blogged about this like back in. 2019 about how the Rams just continue to trade away their picks and they have the organizational philosophy that proven players are worth more than unproven draft assets and they have traded away each and every first round pick since 2016 like you mentioned TJ so I I don't know I think the Rams are just kicking the can down the road and it's all going to blow up in their face here uh, in a couple years but uh, for the the Lions I think they absolutely secured, um, you know, some some long term uh, capital. One more thing here, and we can move on. But uh, you know, to your point about them not taking the Carolina trade to have seven and eight, I think they they believe one of those four guys will fall to seven. You know, like a Zach Wilson. I mean, do you think four quarterbacks go in the top six picks? <sighs> yeah, I, I think Lance could fall to him. Um, I think that Lawrence is one off the board, no matter what. Fields and Wilson will follow closely. Lance is the wild card. He's like the Jordan Love of this draft. Like he could go top ten, he could go fifteen, he could go twenty-four. You know. Yeah. And to your point too, like, I'm I mean, really not sure. He didn't play it all this fall, so I don't. I don't really know what his value is with the league right now. Yeah. And to your point, you know, they don't. I don't know what their feelings are. They might not like all four of those guys. They might have their 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 mindset on Fields, yeah. but Fields probably won't be there at seven if they don't trade up to to higher than five, right. probably. So you know, maybe they don't like all four. We're just basing it on it is quote unquote a deep draft for quarterbacks, but doesn't mean every team would just oh well okay that's great Fields is gone, but at least Zach, Zach Wilson's there. He was the same as Fields. They probably ranked them higher, and maybe they don't like two of the four. Who knows? Yeah, no, and I and I think that's entirely plausible. It's it's a good point. Like maybe you like Lawrence, but like you're not getting Lawrence. So, and I think even with the second quarterback, I don't. It feels like you know the Jets or the Dolphins. Like one of those are two are determined to draft somebody. So you're gonna have a tough time getting the second best guy too. Hear me out. Dream scenario here. Dream scenario. (laughs) Uh, One of the top five teams just absolutely loves Jared Goff. And we packaged Jared Goff in a, in a number seven pick to, to get in the top five to take one of the quarterbacks. Is that a possibility? Possibly? You could also flip Jared I Goff. I mean, yeah, if you Ryan. have like a GM like in New York or Miami that just loves Jared Goff. Yeah. The Falcons are at four. You could try to why would you want get to Matt Why Ryan. would you want to do that? Wait. Oh, oh you... you mean to get the fourth pick, though, too. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would give them seven and golf for three or four to go get field or something. I, I don't think they're going to do it. I'm saying, is this, a, is this a chess move, or is this them just <laughs> literally loving Jared Goff? So, NFL yeah, Network... Yeah, a little 4D chess. Right. <laughs> NFL Network released their first mock draft today. They had Trey Lance going eight, and the Lions take in Jalen Waddle at seven. He's a receiver from yeah. Alabama? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I do feel like in light of them acquiring Goff, I can't imagine they like they pick a quarterback at seven. That's got to yeah. be out the window, I would think. Uh, I just like I don't know how you do that because you're going to pay the top ten pick a decent amount of money. So it's like you're going to have you know a lot of money tied up in your salary cap at the quarterback position. Like it was one thing for the Packers to do it; they picked Love at twenty nine, which still was like a substantial, you know, salary, but it's, it's nowhere close to like what the top 10 guys make. Like they make 
so much more at signing and the slot value is so much different. But I, I'd imagine the Lions are just going to take the best player at seven and they're going to kind of continue to take best available in the next, you know, upcoming drafts and uh, try to build the team that way and then kind of see where they're at in a couple of years because I think it's definitely a long-term approach. They see Minnesota's got a decent roster. Green Bay is kind of going to r- probably run the division till Rodgers is done. And then Chicago, Chicago, but they got a really good defense if they could ever figure out the quarterback position. So I think that their kind of plan is to strike in three to five uh, is kind of what what I'm envisioning the front office thinking right now with the kind of the moves. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Like I I can't believe that it actually happened. I know that we've gotten excited about all the possibility of like the quarterback movement, and I've kind of been like, well salary caps going down these guys cost a lot of money i don't know how much of it's actually going to happen and then boom stafford for freaking jared goff no no you mean jared goff for stafford that's that's what you meant to say (laughs) yes come on guys gonna win the super bowl in 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 a couple of first rounders (laughs) to boot so uh Uh. yeah no it's 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 really interesting so like before we transition to like some Super Bowl talk, I want to talk about some of the other rumors that are out there. I don't know if you guys saw Kirk Cousins trending on on the old Twitter.com today, but uh, yeah. he's trending with a rumor to get, get traded to the 49ers. 49ers appear like pretty bound and determined to move off of Jimmy G, uh, the Raiders, and, and Derek Carr. That's a question mark. What are the the Colts going to do? You Obviously, the biggest storyline is Deshaun Watson, I know we talked about uh, Nick kind of actually called this and I'm interested to see what his take is on this. Still, he talked about uh, the Jets, I believe, as as them being potential front runners for Deshaun Watson. He's formally requested the trade now, so it feels like he's not going to be the Texans quarterback next year. And it, it didn't matter who the head coach was. So what do you guys think uh, about teams that could potentially acquire him or do we still think it's probably Miami or New York that can get him yeah I think it's it's still you know one of those two teams that has a little bit higher draft capital Miami has those extra picks that they uh when they traded Minka Fitzpatrick to Pittsburgh New York has um the number two overall pick because of how bad they suck and so I think purely from that draft capital and New York being a a flashy city. Deshaun seems like a flashy guy. Uh, I think that's why, you know, may, there was suggestions about him going to Florida because of the, the no income tax. Maybe he wants to play in a warmer climate. He's playing in the dome down in Texas. But New York to me, just again, it, it, it always seemed like a nice fit because they have the assets to trade for him. And he has um, a relationship with some of that coaching staff already previously. So, even with Robert Sala now now going in there, he has relationship with some of that coaching staff. So I think that was what made makes New York appealing to him. You know, you get a fresh start with the coach. Um, you get and and they have that opportunity to trade what it might cost to get him up there. And if you're in New York, I mean, again, just look at Los Angeles. What they do, trading away all their picks to go and get guys that are proven winners. Deshaun Watson. Is has already proved himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Maybe not in that upper echelon tier, but if you're New York and you don't want to take a chance on a Justin Fields because you're probably not getting Lawrence at this point, he's probably going one, maybe you just step up and go after Deshaun Watson and get him. But what is it going to cost? Is it going to, now that the Stafford trade has gone through and we see it's two first round picks, yes, all by in the later rounds or in the later uh, part of the first round. It, what is it going to cost to get Watson? Is it going to be two first rounders, three, four, you know, and are, is New York going to be willing to trade that to get a guy that is proven? Yeah. Yeah. I, it would be, it would be fun to see him in a New York or Miami. I think the jets, especially, I think the jets need a win. I mean, I think they need some excitement up there. You know, I just, I, I would like to see him go to the jets. I think that'd be an interesting situation for him. For sure, I think Miami would be a great situation for him. The question will be is what will happen between him and the Texans front office? Because if I'm being honest, I don't think the Texans front office is done fighting yet. You know, I could see this going into the start of next year, and and he could be holding out. You know, and and I don't know what the, I don't know what they can do. Obviously, not pay him. He's got to show up. He's got a contract. But you know, what do you do if you're Deshaun Watson? You've kind of 
you know, put your nuts on the table. The Texans, to me, either need to to know that they're out, that they they know there's no way that um, that he can be, you know, their quarterback next year, and just lick their wounds and and trade them. Or I don't know if it hurts them to wait or not. Like it, it, to me, it, they have no leverage regardless. So maybe you might as well wait, see if you can talk them off the ledge a little bit, see if uh, you know you can you can try to strong arm them and say we're not trading you, and see if he shows up to training camp or what the deal may be. And then also maybe let the dust the dust settle a little bit in the off season. He's going to be one of the top storylines. He always will be. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, possibly on the move. But maybe he's such a hot commodity right now. Maybe they let the dust settle a little bit, see if they can calm him down and bring him back. Because regardless, the Texans have no leverage here. And and I don't know what they would really they can really get because, you know, everybody knows that Watson is a top quarterback. He should get a lot of picks, and he should get a, a decent package going back to the Texans. But at the same time, everybody knows that he wants out there. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting spot in all I know is if I'm a Texans fan, I, I, uh, I'm I going for Bill O'Brien's head on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy just single-handedly tanked the franchise, and now they're going to have to trade away their franchise you know, player. I, again, like, I remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I can't find a precedent for this. I can't recall a player as of Deshaun Watson's caliber playing literally the most important individual position in sports. Uh, it, it Getting traded... You know, this early on in his career, like he should just be entering the peak of what is going to be like his his prime NFL years. Um, I, I think that it was at least three first round picks to pick to get me to pick up the phone. Now it's probably four in light of the Stafford trade, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I'd like picks. to I, I think that the the trade is more likely to happen before the draft just because. If you're the Texans, you have more suitors that way. If you wait till after the draft and all of a sudden it's like, well, Jets took Zach Wilson, Dolphins took Justin Fields, uh, Colts traded for Tua, and Sam Darnold has now been dealt to whoever the fuck. You know, like you have all the sudden people are making plans, so you can't wait that long. You have to, you have to strike uh, at least a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that they should take pennies on the dollar because you absolutely need to make sure you're getting a good return. And I wouldn't be w- too worried if I'm Texans management about, you know, his the way how disgruntled he is because, I mean, we knew Matt Stafford wanted out. That didn't really hurt them at all. And the fact that it's in the offseason and they're not pressed to make the deal immediately, they can, you know, kind of wait and take stock of everything. And I think part of it is these teams that are having to consider – trading for him are trying to weigh the cost of acquiring Deshaun Watson up against the cost of taking a quarterback because some of the teams that are the biggest suitors for him are within striking distance to draft one of the top guys so like you're Miami who picks three you're the Jets who pick two like you already have an asset and Darnold you gotta you gotta assess what his value is what can you get for him or do you want to draft a guy what's the cost to do that do you want to acquire Deshaun Watson What's going to be the cost to do that? So I think that there's a lot of moving parts because this is so unprecedented. But um, I, I do think now that he's not going to be the Texans quarterback in 2021. He's formally requested the deal. Like like you, TJ, totally wouldn't be shocked. I mean, this this stuff's getting a little fucking weird down in Houston. So like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this somehow gets dragged out into the summer. And if that's the case, I, I really don't know if you're going to be able to pull a trade for him because – quarterbacks more than any other position need like the OTAs to learn the offense. They need the off season. It's not like Khalil Mack, like look at quarterback sack quarterback, like when yeah. he got traded two weeks before the year, you know? And, right. And, that, and that's an interesting situation because, you know, Houston has to find a suitor for Deshaun Watson. You know, Houston can certainly ask for four picks, first round picks right off the bat, but they might not get that from any team. Their right. cost might not go down. And otherwise you're in a situation where Deshaun is not showing up to camp. He's, he's, First first week of the season, shit, he might just not show up to the game. Just be like, well, I'm just going to sit out and, and eat the salary cost until you figure it I out. Would. And at that point, they're going to have to just dump him for a first rounder. He can sit for 10 weeks if he yeah. wants to. Some teams that go out there and just get an absolute steal on on what they, you know, would have had to pay for him. Um, so it's, it's a two-sided coin there. You know, Deshaun certainly wants out, but you have to find the suitor that's willing to pay for him as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a crazy situation, like Zook said. I mean, a franchise guy uh, this young in his career, top of his game, 
and we're talking about him possibly holding out because because of the the terrible front office work of the Houston Texans. It's 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 mind boggling. It yeah. is. But it's, it makes it fun. Crazy. It's a fun storyline to follow. If I'm a Texans fan, I hate everything about this storyline. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know how you root for a team that trades away. You, you finally get a Hall of Fame level quarterback and, you, and you're trading him away four, four or five years later. So, like, it's, yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, you know, one, one team that I think will be lurking in the shadows on this Deshaun Watson stuff that I wouldn't be totally surprised if they, you know, kind of some rumors start swirling and circulating is the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting. Who currently have Dak Prescott, but like, you know, Jerry, man, he doesn't mind paying a premium for a premium. It can't be argued that Deshaun Watson is absolutely better than Dak Prescott. Prescott, you know, coming off the broken leg. I think that's another one to watch, like with the salary cap going down and how much money Dak wanted. Like it's it, that could that could get interesting. Um, so I, I would maybe watch a team there. Now that would like dwarf the Stafford cough trade. If yeah. you had like a Prescott and uh Watson deal go down, that would be absolutely yeah, a, a flip flop. God, that'd be that insane. would be crazy. Two guys in their mid twenties. Prescott's a borderline top 10 quarterback. Deshaun Watson's borderline top five. Like that is, that would be wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the league though. I mean, it makes everything interesting. You know, it, like we said, last off season, we thought was crazy with, with Brady going to the Bucks with rivers, um, uh, going to the Colts. Now you got rivers and Brady or rivers and breeze, both retiring. You got Brady yeah. in Tampa, but then you got Stafford in LA, you got golf in Detroit. You got Watson that wants out. You got, so much shit and a lot of great rookie quarterbacks coming to the league it looks like yeah. so there is a ton of uh crazy quarterback news going on the the nfl and this is something that's interesting to study the nfl is putting out more like elite first round quarterbacks year over year than it ever has before it used to be like a 50 50 shot that the guy was going to be any good now it's like a lot of these guys like are at least somewhat competent like i'd say jared goff is on basically the low end of top picks. I mean, Trubisky's the lowest of the low end, right? Like, didn't even get his fifth-year option picked up. The guy's gone. But, like, Jared Goff's right behind him, and he still got, I think, what, $100 million extension? Went yeah. to the Super Bowl. Uh, Carson Wentz was having an MB- MVP-type season, and his team went on to win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is appearing in his – he has a chance to win his second Super Bowl. Like, these young guys are are more and more consistent coming into the draft, and it it makes it so interesting because we do have a changing of the guard. And so I wonder, you know, still how many of these teams will just dec- decide to stand pat for another year, like especially the Derek Cars, the Jimmy Gs of the world. But there's going to be some very, very juicy stuff to get into in, in the offseason, and it'll be it'll be really fun – to kind of follow along, but at, at last, okay, let's not bury the lead any longer. We got a, we got one more football game to take in, guys, before we're doomed to talking off season for like eight months. <laughs> we got the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are hosting the Super Bowl for the first time in the game's history, and it's going to be an exciting matchup. Um, it, it's not, you know, I, I don't think the most interesting matchup we could have seen, but you still have the prevailing storyline, Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes, the best, you know, to ever do it, Tom Brady against who could be considered the goat when his time said and done in Patrick, that's just how good and how special he is. What are your guys like just opening thoughts of the game, the matchup, uh, what are your kind of feelings towards the game this weekend? Uh, how, how, how are we doing? You know, temperature check. Well, I'll save the pick for Sunday, as I, I figure everybody else will. But uh, will. as far as the game goes, I mean, I think there's a lot of feeling in the public as far as the betting number, and Nick can attest to this too. But it looks like uh, the the public's going on the Chiefs minus three, thinking that they're going to air it out and obviously just have success against the Bucks. My thing is, I don't know how much success the Bucks can have consistently after you see what Brady did against that Green Bay defense. I mean, Green Bay lost that game. The Bucs didn't win it. We've, we've said that multiple times. You can say what you want. You can say if you're a Bucs fan and, and I'm the, the worst hot take artist in, in the land, I don't really care. The Packers played such a bad defensive game that I, I think, honestly, the Jets could have beat them in that game because of how bad their defense was. So, you know... Brady still throws three picks in that third quarter. You're you're going against a secondary now with the Chiefs that is just way more talented and has had a way better year 
than the Green Bay Packers. And on the other hand, you got a great offense, too, that uh, is as good, if not better, than the Packers this year. So my thing is, again, I I guess I'm kind of giving up my pick already. (laughs) But, uh, you know, with with me, Kansas City just is super strong right now. Um, The one thing you have is Tom Brady at home in the Super Bowl, you know, going for his seventh, going to his tenth Super Bowl. But... Just by the look of it, and by hearing, you know, the last week's game, hearing the mic'd up on the sideline with Miko Hardman, uh, whenever he fumbled that ball, Bills go up 9-0. Hearing Mahomes and <laughs> oh my god, hilarious meme. He throws the jacket over his head and he's pouting on the sideline. Mahomes comes over and says, "Hey, knock, knock it off! Like we're down by nine. We've been down by way more. Like we can, we will come back from this." The confidence that they show even when they're down in an AFC championship game is just, it, it almost scares me how confident they are because there's that good. They, they could be down by 20 points and, and they're not out of the game because it's the Kansas city chiefs. So I just think they're going to be ready to play. I think that the bucks are going to give it all they got. I think it's going to be a good football game because the chiefs just can't cover shit. But the fact that it's only three, I like that. I think eventually some sharps are going to be putting a ton of money on the bucks and let's get that number underneath three. Um, but as far yeah. as the game goes, I think I think it's going to be a great offensive game. I think the Chiefs will take a big lead, and then the Bucks will come back. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, it, it's going to be a fun one. I, I mean, I think this is going to be a more balanced matchup than we've seen in years past between uh, a lot of these Super Bowl matchups. I think you have the young goat versus the the old goat, and you know, basically, could be a, a changing of the guard if Patrick Mahomes goes out and beats Brady. Uh, in the Super Bowl and, you know, really give them a realistic shot of, of maybe potentially I catching expect. Brady. I don't think anybody will. But um, – or are you going to have Brady stick around and win his seventh? I think you have two pretty Buck good storylines here. The Bucks, the Bucks D, <laughs> the, what people are going to watch in this one. Certainly all, all their guys are healthy in the injuries. Right now for the Chiefs, a couple of COVID guys right now don't shouldn't really matter a whole lot, but their left tackle, Eric Fisher, out. That's going to be – yeah, that's huge. Huge. That is that is the biggest storyline to me going into this game is Eric Fisher at left tackle where JPP is coming off the edge. That's the that is the storyline to watch to me in this game because if they get uh, if they get him out in space, you know, make Patrick Mahomes run, still got that foot injury and probably going to be healed up by then. But still, it's uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think it's going to be an offensive battle. And uh, I'm excited, man. And this is the most excited I've been for a Super Bowl in a while just because I think we'll see two really good teams go at it. And I don't think this one will be a blowout on either side by any means. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, you, you made you made the point, Nick. The, the left tackle being out is going to be huge. I think that they're replacing with Mike Remmers, if I'm not mistaken, who's been a proven starter in the league. So... I think that helps mitigate it a little bit. And with Patrick Mahomes, you know, mobility, I think the week to rest for, for Patty and the turf toe is going to be big. Obviously, tough it out in the AFC Championship, and he's going to tough it out here again. But uh, I think the mobility for Patrick and that week off is going gonna, is gonna to be, you know, invaluable. And they'll do some things to try to counter counteract that, that pass rush and get the ball out of Patrick's hands quickly. To me, and if you remember in the first matchup, the Bucks were so naive they thought they could play man-to-man coverage against the Chiefs in that game and Carlton Davis got absolutely roasted by Patrick uh Mahomes and uh Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill I think had like what 250 yards or something in the first half I mean he just absolutely roasted them so I don't think I don't think they're gonna play the same defensive game plan at all if they do it's one of the more stubborn and stupid things I think I've seen this year but um, they're going to have to rely on the pass rush to get at Patrick, which is a tough thing to do because he does this kind of unconventional drop back where he'll kind of literally backpedal like the guys in like the 60s and 70s would 10, 12 yards back. You know, traditionally like about eight yards behind the line of scrimmage is where you're supposed to take your drop. He's like 10 to 15 yards back and it's, it's you know, set up for that. So maybe they help the uh mitigate the pass rush that way i think that's going to be one of the things to keep an eye on is patrick mahomes jersey staying clean or is he getting hit every time he throws it because that's going to take a toll and i think determine a lot of the outcome in this game so that's definitely something i keep an eye on early and how are the chiefs wide receivers getting separation how are the bucks 
going to choose to play coverage on Tyreek Hill? How are they going to deal with Travis Kelsey over the middle? They have about as good of defensive personnel as you could hope for to go up against, you know, honestly, an unfair offense in Kansas City. That's where I think the the matchup is going to be decided, whether it's going to be a blowout for the Chiefs, who are obviously favored, whether it's going to be close or whether the Bucs are going to win, is going to be on the defensive side of the ball for the Buccaneers and how they, you know, go about trying to stop or slow down Kansas City. I think the game plan has got to be to try to keep everything in front of you and, and, and beat them, you know, it, in the red area. Uh, because they can take what they want between the 20s. So I, I also don't think that you're going to see, you know, a three-pick game from Brady. I I, I, th- I know he's getting old, but I, I'd anticipate him to play very well in, in this game. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Bucks kind of take the same conservative approach on offense that they've taken throughout their run in the NFC playoffs. I mean, it's just first down run after first down run after first down run that goes nowhere, that goes nowhere, that goes nowhere. So, like, do they try to do that against the Chiefs or do they switch it up? There's a couple of key things that I'm really interested to see how it goes once the the starting bell rings. And uh, these two weeks for these coaches to game plan, man, it is is truly a chess match. So uh, you got some of the best coordinators that are are going right now, too, in Todd Bowles and Andy Reid. So um, I'm interested to see it. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm sorry to bring it up, Zook. I still would have loved to see Mahomes against Rodgers. I think that would have been the perfect matchup. You and me matchup. both, brother. Perfect matchup. You and me matchup. both. Oh, it just it hurts me to, to not see them. But, uh, you know, it's, it's two good storylines still. It was the, the top four teams you wanted to see in the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. So, we, you know, we still get two good teams. It'll be fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, the I Bucks think you're right. It's just stupid, though. I mean, I... Yeah. Bias Packers fan here, but like, did anybody want to see that? Yeah. <laughs> did anybody want to see the box go to the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, a, a lot of people did. Potentially, I'm sure there's a lot of bets out there, a lot of betters that are. I, let me tell you something. If the Tampa Bay That's Rays true. would have won the That's World big, Series, Big Web, <laughs> big web would have been fucking on one. That's a good point. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people that have um, a couple of futures on old. Tampa Bay to to win uh, the Super Bowl here this this weekend. So, but yeah, no, I just t- to me like I would have rather seen so many other teams go. Like, and if Tampa had gone without Brady, that I I, I would have been all for it. But it's like it's just it's gotten so tired to me. Yeah, <laughs> Brady in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, but I feel that. at the same time, like you recognize the greatness too. Like we're we're probably never going to see this again. I mean, you think you're going to see it with Patty, but like Andy's not getting any younger. He's not going to coach forever. And what happens when, you know, Travis Kelsey, who is 31, finally starts to slow down? And what and how 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 long before Tyreek Hill has an off the field issue? You know, like yeah. it, it, it all ends a lot quicker than you think, which makes what Brady's been able to do in his career just so impressive. And I think you do like love him or hate him. Like you got to just respect the fuck out of that dude's ability to this. win you- and do it year over year. You want to hate him, but you can't. Like even the thing after he wins the game against the Packers, he goes and hugs his son. Like he just—he's yeah. a likable guy, and you, you want to hate him so much. Like I want to hate Tom Brady, but you—he's just a great guy. <laughs> after after he beat Breeze, he's out there throwing touchdowns with his kids. Like yeah, yeah, like, and still again, perfect passes by the way. Like his other son, uh, Breeze's other son was playing cornerback, and and Brady still throws like a fade like to the corner of the end zone, perfect. Like after the game's over, the dude's insane. He just—he can't be beat. Except yeah. for this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I won't tell you my pick un, until Sunday, but I'll tell you who I'm rooting for, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. I do not want to see the Tampa Bay Bucks win it this year. Um, no. So, so guys, do I want to talk about prop bets before we wrap up the show t- tonight. And you know I, what I've been thinking about dabbling in this year. I've talked about it a couple <laughs> of years. T- what would you say, Nick? So you got two minutes, apparently. TJ said well, not two minutes. I got to go eat dinner and we got to record brews. I've been told we got to hurry it up. Because like, <laughs> yeah, it's no. all on Laura and Kendall are joining us on the first bras segment since we canceled the show. So I feel like we need to cater to them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the one the one thing I want to I want to talk about is I might do the safety prop bet this year. So I just want to ask you guys if you guys had anything, any anything uh, fun Heads. that you were maybe eyeing. It's going to be heads. I swear, I have, it's heads. I have one early early week prop right now, if you can get it. Um, pretty good value there is Mikkel Hardman, anytime touchdown score at plus 290. Uh, I think there's, you know, all the, the attention is on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill as their deep threat, but they use Mikkel Hardman as a gadget guy. They use Mikkel Hardman as a deep threat. They use Mikkel Hardman 
in the red zone. So I think uh, plus 290 is pretty good value. You bet $100, you win 290 or you bet $10, you win 29 uh, I think that's uh, I think that's some, some very solid value right there uh, with that pick. You know another one I kind of like? Playoff Lenny anytime score. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. It paid off for me in the, in the NFC chip. Might have to go back to the well on that one. Another one uh, to look at. Fanduel has it for sure. It's it's most passing yards Mahomes or Brady, and Mahomes is only minus one fifty five. So Brady's going to be throwing, but not as much as Patty Mahomes. Yeah, that feels like stealing. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. So I got one for you guys here that Fanduel has also distance of longest penalty called over fifteen and a half yards is plus one twenty. With how much hmm. these teams love to go deep, you got to get a pass spot foul for somewhere. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that that's seems like a lock too. Yeah. Well, well, the only way you can get it though is on a PI, right? Yeah, d- defensive yeah. PI. Yeah, that's the but only way. You come can on, get it. like that happens, especially late in the game. If one of them is down by seven or ten points in the fourth, like it's going to happen. Why yeah. would they say bet on defensive PI? Like yes or no? You know. <laughs> I mean, technically, it could happen on an intentional grounding if someone runs pretty far back and throws it. Yeah, so that's also a spot foul. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So. So all right, uh, TJ, let's get let's get out of here. Thank the sponsors, and uh, you can you can go cater the cater to the bras hosts. <laughs> K Roberts Remax Gold, you got to call her today because she's the best real estate agent in the St. Louis area. You need to buy a home, call her. You need to sell a home, call her. 314-409-4113. Online STL Homes, the number four Y O U dot com. Sarah Barron Family Finance Mortgage three one four five three seven. 1282 online at familyfinancemortgage.com and Aces Wild 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. Get over there. Six machines to uh, to bet on. You got Lobster Mania, Big Web's favorite game on the slots. You got big screens. You got ice cold beer. And you're in Illinois, so you can go live bet. So that's Aces Wild 208 North Main Street, Columbia, Illinois. And uh, search them on Facebook, Aces Wild Columbia, Illinois. Like their page and tell Alex Schlemmer that the boys from From the 50 sent you over also i know we're going to talk more about it later uh but we'll give you a sneak peek about what the future holds for from the 50 exciting stuff man we're, we're doubling tripling quadrupling down uh next season but i think we're going to start actually in the off season with our regular programming uh, at least some of the shows so we got uh, something that's going to be happening on the podcast feed five times a week five times a week starting week one of uh of the 2021-22 nfl season uh, but some of those segments will also be coming to fruition here in the next couple months. So stay tuned. Uh, from the 50com will be out here in about a month and uh, exciting stuff. So uh, we're looking Woo. forward to Super Bowl, but also to building the brand even more next season. Yeah, it's 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 going to be awesome. Um, excited for everybody to see it. Uh, that'll do it for the show, though, today. Uh, last in-season midweek show. Uh, so for producer Tolly, for TJ, for Nick, I'm Zach Zook saying – See you guys next time. TJ, tell uh, tell the ladies I'm sorry that I held them up. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. <laughs>